you know, just as we're saying, having open hearts in our times of worship, let's have open heart to receive the word of God that it will take root uh, uh, in our lives and, and flourish and grow and multiply and uh, impact this area as we just remain open. So, Father, we just thank you for Adrian. Lord, we thank you for his faithfulness. Thank you for his integrity. Thank you that he's open to hear from you. And, Lord, we just want to receive this morning what you've placed on his heart. So, Lord, yeah, may our hearts continue to be open. May the gates of our lives continue to be open to receive uh, that that you've prepared for this place this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. So, it's good to see you this morning. Welcome. If it's your first time, if you're back of your holidays, lots of people may be pending your holidays, pending lots of people away. But it's so good to see you this morning. It, it really is. Um, really excited. I've been really excited over this um, summer period, really. It, it hasn't felt, in these gatherings, Sunday mornings, hasn't felt like it's, to me, it hasn't felt like holiday season. Holiday season, over the years, it, you know, you can feel in church life when it feels like holiday and uh, it, it's, it's felt like um, when I've come to it, if I've gone away and gone to a conference, I've got that, there's a sense of expectation uh, in the atmosphere. And uh, uh, Becky, Becky Sanders spoke last Sunday evening on expectation. If you haven't listened to that, you weren't around to hear that, then go onto our church, uh, our webpage or go on I, uh, iTunes and uh, you'll be able to go on the app to, to podcast to, to listen to that. But it was great. And expectation is very powerful. Hope opens door, open heart uh, and hope. They, they seem to go together, and that's the power of expectation. And uh, I've listened to Becky's, but it was a brilliant message, and uh, there is a sense of expectation in the air. And you're not here by chance this morning. I believe we're here by divine appointment. And um, there have been days, and I'm sure in your life, when you felt, oh, I don't know if I can continue to do this or be here today or do this today. But we're here by divine appointment, not on how we feel. And uh, this is when God can do things by divine appointment, which is great. So um, I want to just, uh, if you have a Bible, turn to the, the book of Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews, rather. And um, we're going to look at, um, cool, Hebrews chapter 4. And I want to speak this morning on... Um, Hebrews 4, verses 15 to 16. Uh, Help, grace that gives us help in our time of need, is where we're going to go this morning. And this is probably the last message on a series, Rhythm, Rhythm of Grace. Finding God's rhythm of a flow of his mercy, unmerited mercy for our lives in every aspect and walk of life. So Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 to 16, reads like this. And I'm reading from the NIV. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let us approach this uh, God's throne of grace this is, this is an amazing verse. It's a beautiful verse. One that I'm learning to take to heart now. Uh, with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It may be your time of need. There are seasons to life. One of the things that we've been looking at um, in, in this series is the, is the idea that life has rhythm. 
You know, just as there is spring, summer, autumn, winter, there's ebb and flow of tide, God has uh, designed a, a flow, a rhythm of, in, in life. And so in our life, your life, you'll have times of life where the sun is coming out and it's spring and new things are happening and you're feeling great. And there'll be times when you'll feel like the, the, it's autumn, the leaves are coming off, the wheels come off the bus, married life, you know, homework and health. And, and so there's, there is a rhythm. There's, there's, uh, as, we, as we go on in life, you know, um, you, you can get into your 30s and think, you know, I, my career should be further. You can be into your 40s and think, I should be changing. This isn't working out. You can be into your 50s and, and people think, oh, I've got, you know, I'm looking back on quite a lot has gone and I've got a certain amount to come forward. Uh, you can be into your 60s and think, it's all over. Of course, it's not all over. I said that for effect as you're shaking your head in disgust at me. But no, I, I said it just for effect. It's just beginning. It's just beginning. Life is just beginning. And, um, but life, you know, you can, you, you, you can have an addi- children coming to your life. Uh, our children grow up and, and go out of our lives and, and, and life changes and you can feel that, that stuff's going on in my life. What do I do now? Uh, you, you lived for your job and, and now you've retired and, and, and what, what do you do now? And, and so there's all this stuff going on in life, um, there, there, but I, one of the things that we've been looking at in this idea of rhythm and is, that, is that there is a corresponding, in the rhythm of life, there's a corresponding rhythm of God's grace. Uh, I'm not going to go into that in great detail now. We've been looking at that over the last couple of weeks. Last, I introduced that a few weeks ago. That there's a rhythm of grace. There's a point of a, a flow of grace that is for every aspect of life. And I shared the story that in my life, I've walked away from certain circumstance. If only I'd stayed, I would have had a certain grace at that moment in time. I'm now understanding that. And, uh, and then last week, we looked at Paul's thorn in the flesh and how he, God said, my grace is sufficient. That didn't go, but God gave a grace that was more than enough, an overflow of mercy. Uh, have a listen to that if you haven't already. Now, this morning, I just want to just uh, take this passage. So uh, I'm going to approach it the same way as I did last week. I normally go in like three themes, three points. But this morning, I'm going to go over the text, verse, verse by verse. It's called an exegetical approach. A bit different, but good to be different, isn't it, sometimes? So that's what we're going to do this morning. So you might need the text in front of you, your Bible or whatever it is, but that's the way it's going to come up. It might come up on screen as well. So the Hebrews chapter, chapter, tw- uh, chapter 4, uh, verses 15 to 16, um, finding grace in our time of need. What's your time? Where are you at now in life? What's the time in your life? What's your need? Where are you at? Well, the good news is there is a grace. There is the grace of God that is for this time. Right? There's a time. You know, I I have felt the grace of God. Now, looking back, I understand. I'm beginning to understand this. In in the 30 years of, uh, the 36 years of being a Christian, 31 of those years being married, and 30 of those years being in Christian ministry. And over that course of my life, and, and, and in the course of my life, I'm seeing seasons and moments where the grace of God has been on for certain moments of my life. Uh, it's been amazing. And, and this is what we're looking to discover and know. What's your time? Where are you at? What's your need right now? If we look at this uh, just for a moment or two, the background to the, 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 the verses that we've just read, Hebrews, he, the, the, the writer to of, of this letter entitled Hebrews was writing to 
um, believers, Christians who'd come out of Judaism, whether it's in Palestine, back in Jerusalem and that whole area, or what they call the diaspora, people that are spread across the, the, the Roman and Greek world. But what, what the writer of Hebrews is basically saying is he's encouraging believers who've come out of Judaism to follow Christ. And, and basically, the theme of, of Hebrews is that, that, um, that Jesus gives a better sacrifice. He's a better high priest. Okay? The whole, the, the, a key word is that he's superior, better, uh, and a better covenant, a better sacrifice, a greater and better high priest. The new covenant is superior in that sense to the old covenant and the grace of God that flows through it. And, and, and so he's speaking to the hearts of, of, of Christians who've come out from, from an old, the old covenant but are, but are now feeling pressure and persecution. And the, the reason for the letter is, is not that just to say, nah, 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 Jesus is better, but it's to, it's to breathe life into the pressure that people are feeling because they were being encouraged to go back to Judaism, back into circumcision, back into the feasts, you know, back into the, the law, the, the following of the law. And, um, and so there's pressure, but also there was then com- coming from the, 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 the Jews a persecution from their own. And so Paul is writing to, to build confidence into a better covenant, a better high priest, a greater and better sacrifice in the Son of God through the grace of God. So Jesus is superior. And, uh, and, and, in, and, in, and in that reason, have confidence in their confession. Be confident in the midst of persecution. Be confident that, and, 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 and hope that, above all hope, that, that Jesus is going to come through and has come through, has come through and will come through for them. Okay. So that's the sort of background to the, the verses, the, the words that we're now going to look at, okay? You need to get the historical background, the context. Now let's apply the context to you and I uh, as we discover the, the grace of God, the fresh grace of God that is available for you and I. Yeah, um, it, we, we read in, in the verse 16, let us draw near with boldness or confidence to his throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and may find peace and help in our time of need. This is a particular verse that I want to major on, um, Hebrews 4, verse 16. But um, that's, that's what we're going to sort of major on. But um, grace in our time of need. It, it, so let's have a look at the text together. If you've got your Bible in front of you, we're going to turn to it, return to it. And I'm just going to unpack uh, practically a couple of, couple of things in, in that. Um, I came across a story... Um, and it's, um, it's, it was the, at the time, she was a child, but she was a famous child actor. Her name is Hayley Mills. At the time, she was a real Hollywood superstar, probably well known today. She'd be a lady in her prime now, but at, at the time, she was a superstar as a child. Uh, so, some actors and actresses are, are super, and she was a child superstar. Anyway, she was visiting Disney, and this is many years ago. Probably in the, the sort of the 50s, something like that, I don't know. And Hayley Mills was a, a, at that time an established child star, and she was being chaperoned through a large queue at Disney World. Massive queues. There were then, and they still are now. 
um, so I'm told. And she was being chaperoned. She had, she had a, adult chaperones to, to, help, to help her through. And she, she was uh, turbocharging the queue, going up the outside, jumping to the very front with her chaperone. And uh, at, the, at, at the head of the queue, the security guard um, and the security at the time attempted to stop her from proceeding um, to the very front and, he sh- and shouted, Hey, who do you think you are? Are you Walt Disney? I can't, I can't do an American accent. Uh, her chaperone turned around instantly and said, Actually, I am. I am. And he was. He was Walt Disney. You can imagine the shock, horror, embarrassment, and disbelief of that security guard. There was Walt Disney. It it pays to have friends in high places. Now it's interesting because Jesus is the high priest. He is a better high priest. We've got a we have a God in high places. Hey, come on a minute. Now, there's reason for that story because the the reason in verse uh, verse uh, verse 15, chapter 4, sorry, I'm excited and I'm getting a bit tongue twisted, um, is that um, Paul is showing that he says that, um, he says there, uh, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to... to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Then he says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. You know, friends in high, talk about friends in high places. Forget Walt Disney. Jesus is the ultimate, the better, the best high priest. You know, in the, in the Jewish system, the high priest was the one who once a year went into the, 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 the throne room of God to the Holy of Holies and on behalf of the people gave sacrifice for their sin. But with Jesus, uh, he was a, the high priest was, would have been a sinner because he was human. But Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of God was sinless. Didn't have to give sacrifice to himself, but the sinless Son of God uh, went before the the presence of God um, in our place. And um, so, Jesus, with with Jesus, he's the Son of God. We have 24-7, not just once a year access on one day for a certain time, but we have 24-7 access. How about that? Uh, this is why so much better than, than, the, than religion, than re- when we have a relationship with him. He's the son of God. He's the sinless one. Didn't have to give sacrifice for himself. He sacrificed himself on our behalf. The high priest of the old covenant had to sacrifice on our behalf and their behalf. But Jesus in the new covenant sacrificed his sinless self on the behalf of all humanity and of all the universe. And um, so he's better and so this is the, what the, the writer says. He says a couple of things. He's, because of that, he's, he's able to sympathy, have sympathy for our weakness. Now, have a look at those words there in verse 15. He, this high priest has sympathy for our weakness. The word sympathy means this. Literally, feel what you feel. It's an important word, and I'm going to unpack words because then they're going to be very practical. So stick with me. It's a little bit different way of an an approach. It it takes a bit more just sticking with it. So hang with me for a moment or two. But it it says there a couple of things, that this Jesus, the great high priest, whom we have access 24-7 to, the sinless one on our behalf, who's paid the price with his life, right, he, he is able to have sympathy with our weaknesses. The word sympathy means experience. he experienced what we experience, yet without sin. In other words, he feels what you and I feel. It's interesting that Jesus is referred to as the, one of his names is Emmanuel. 
That's not just for Christmas time, but it means God with us, in us and with us, amongst us, in, with, and amongst. Wow. And so Jesus, I don't know what you're feeling right now, what you're going through, but Jesus is the Emmanuel in, with, and amongst, and feeling what you feel. Uh, To me, that's awesome in the true sense of the word. You know, we say, have an awesome day. I've had an awesome time. No, awe-inspiring that he feels what I feel. Are you going through a really hard time? You're really bereft. You're frantic. You're at the end of your tether. He feels, yet without sin, did not succumb. Wow. He's able to... And now because of that, it says he's able to feel... Have sympathy. He, he, not only can he feel what we feel, but he can do something about what we feel. It's not just the there, 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 I know how you feel, on your way. There, there, I know how you feel, because I feel it too. Come with me. I'll take you along the way. Isn't that great? Not there, 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 pat on the back, sympathy, on your way. But hey, there, 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 I know how you feel. Let's go along the way, and I can do something about it with you. That's the sympathy that is being spoken about there. Uh, In our weaknesses, the word weakness there literally means infirmity, crippling, and it refers to emotional, mental, and physical weakness. So whatever trying you, work, life, marriage, home, um, in your mind, in your heart and emotions, in a situation, in circumstance, your season, what's happening right now in your life, where you're at this day, whatever's crippling you, whatever's coming against you, whatever's in you, then emotionally, mentally, physically, it, he is able to say, there, 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 I know, I feel what you feel, but come on, I'll take you along the way. 24-7, every day of the year, for the whole of life and eternity. That's amazing. That's how I say it's awesome. It's truly awesome. Now, now, so that's by way of the background to it. Um, In the light of that, he says, in the light of that, that amazing, now that's an amazing foundation. In the light of him being the high priest who is able to sympathize with our weakness, whatever you're going through, he then says, in the light, let us then, verse 16, look at that. So on the back of all of that, and that's why I took a bit of time to unpack it. He says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In the light of that, let us then. Wow. That's our foundation. That's your foundation. Because you and I can approach. We can approach the throne of grace. In the old covenant, the people couldn't do that. High priests could do that once a year. In the new covenant, we can all approach God every time, any time in the year because of what Jesus has done. It's amazing. It's abs- so he, Paul says, let us then approach God's throne of grace. He's thinking of the throne, the very holy of holies, the place, the holy place of God's awesome, pure presence. Wow. Throne of grace there. Uh, the throne is the place where the, the, the rule of the king is dispensed. A throne. We're not, we're a constitutional monarchy, but the idea of monarchs who ruled by decree uh, from a place of power and privilege, uh, 
it's hard for us to get. But, but the throne, the very throne room, was in, in the days of where kings and queens ruled with all power. The, the throne was the place where the, the, the ruler, the king or queen, dispensed their rule. And so the throne, we, we come to a, not a, thr- a throne, of, the throne of God's power is the throne of his grace. An amazing, unmerited hope mercy and favor towards you and I. And it's a place where he dispenses the will of his grace. His will is grace for you and me. Wow. I know when I'm, my life's going belly up. See, go back and read, uh, listen to last week when we look at the thorn, when it's all going wrong. Just because it's going wrong doesn't mean to say God's not here. God's not got grace for you. He has. He has. We can approach this throne of grace uh, grace is, is help, hope, mercy, love. It's, it's grace, it's, un, it's a gift. It's unmerited favor. I can't earn it, can't do anything. It, we, 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 we read in the New Testament, while we were still sinners, it says Christ died for us. When I was a person that was a sinner, Jesus died for me. Wow, that's merit, grace. He still does it for you today. No matter what you do, that's grace. And uh, let us approach this place of mercy, this, 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 this God of hope, this Jesus of hope and mercy and love and this, for the gift of, of just unmerited favor. It's hard to take, isn't it? We think, what's the catch? Have you seen those things on TV where someone's giving out £10 notes for free? And, and some, people, some people in London will take them straight away, but lots of people won't take them. I think, what's the catch? What's going on? And we think of, it's, it's, you know, never a free lunch and all that. What's the catch? You know, and we, we are taught that there, you know, sometimes there is a catch to some of these things, and that's made us a bit more cynical. But, you know, unmerited. So there's something, a default in us, isn't it? To say, but unmerited. This is the confidence. If we, if we can have a revelation, and this is the key, we need a fresh, if, there's, if ever there's a revival, there needs to be a revival, a fresh revelation of unmerited favor in your heart and my life for this time, my time now. And I, I've been, I can't say I've got there. I'm just beginning to touch glimpses of favor again that's exciting my life afresh. Let's pray for a revelation of this unmerited Favor that be, breeds confidence because it's that that gives us confidence. You see, hope heals the heart. Favor, grace, mercy, unearned gift. You don't have to work at it. You could never do it, no matter how bad you think you are. You go away, no, you're, you're an awful person. There's favor, merited love of this incredible, merciful God. It gives hope to the fresh hope to the heart, new hope and confidence. Do you need confidence this morning? Then ask for a revelation of that favor. Let us approach his throne of grace because he's able to, he, so he can feel and he's with us and he experiences what we experience and, and he knows. And, and so this then leads us on to this, this, this confidence then that um, he gives, not only is he a better high priest, but a better help in our time of need. Verse 16. Paul says, you know, there, there, there is a help that Jesus gives. You know, relationships gives, relationship with God gives a better help than religion. The externals, the stuff. You know, you can come to church. It's a great thing, by the way. You can read the Bible, great thing. Um, but if it's stuff that I do and it's not really impacting the heart, then it might not be relationship. It's got to be the heart, the mind, the soul, the relationship, isn't it? And relationship gives a better help. 
And this is what he's saying here. When we come into this living relationship with Christ, there is a... He says, you can come with confidence. You can come. I don't feel very... I, I, I'm not a confident person. Never, I've never been a confident person. And, uh, and yet I, I'm, I'm called to stand in front of people from time to time and um, speak as I am. And uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a child, uh, I could walk into a room... Um, 12-year-old, 10-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 18-year-old, college, walk in and go just bright red. Immediately, because I just felt so self-conscious. I just, just, I, I don't know, I just had this bit of a chip on my shoulder, something going on in my life maybe, I don't know. Um, but we come with a, a grace confidence as we're filled with the grace of God. It's not in who I am, but in who he is. Isn't that amazing? It takes all the pressure off life. It's great. And uh, so we come in this confidence that, 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 so, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Jesus gives um, help in our time of need, a better help in our time of need. Um, the word help there, that word in verse 16, just put your finger on it just for a moment, so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in our time of need. The word help literally means it has two parts to it in, in the language that it would have been originally delivered in. And it means this, to hear the cry and run to assist. The word help, if you unpack that word, it literally means, and so it's a picture of God, hears the cry and then runs to assist when we find help. It's interesting. I looked, I, 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 I've spent a bit of time looking at some of the words and the meaning of this word help has that double, that dual meeting. It's beautiful. In, in the original language, it means to hear the cry and run to assist. And that's when, when we call upon God, he hears your cry and he will come to assist. It might take time. You might think it's falling on deaf ears, but we, help me! It's a beautiful word. It's, it's amazing how it's been um, uh, translated. He hears the cry and he runs to assist. And, and, and then... And then um, it says there, um, he will find, we find grace. There's this flow of grace to help us in our time of need. So he hears the cry, runs to assist, and time of need. That word time of need literally means, it's come up on screen, seasonal support, a particular time of need. This is why I said, what's your time? What's your season? Rhythm. This is what's, I come full circle, I'm ending on this one today. But this is, this is interesting. The word there, um, in our time of need. So God hears your cry, runs to assist at your season that you're in right now. Very particular for you and me. In your, I don't know, retirement, marriage at this time, what's going on? I don't know. Uh, uh, the doctors particularly said, uh, you've reached a certain point in life and there's, there's this season. What's, this, what's your season? Yeah, um, you're looking at career change and, and you're not sure. And, 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 what, you know, where, and this is interesting. In our time of need literally means seasonal support. There's a rhythm. Uh, in other words, uh, what we need at that moment. God knows and has a, a mercy, a flow of mercy, a flow of hope, a flow of love, a flow of forgiveness, a flow of help. That's what grace is, unmerited, unearned, um, that is for this time, for this, your moment, 
your moment for your moment. That's the heartbeat. And he, he knows what we need at the right moment. And that's what that is getting at there. Wow, no wonder Paul is saying, have confidence, be encouraged, because they were going through a trial and persecution from certain people at a certain place. And he was saying that God knows this season and he's hearing and he's going to assist you at that moment. And so with you and so will with I. Interesting, the amplified translation of uh, that part that we've just read, uh, that he will help us and hear us in our time of need. It it says this in the amplified part of verse 16. It says, um, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace. And this is the bit I want to major on. And find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming at just when we need it. If you haven't ever, have get hold of a copy of the Amplified, you can get it online and just read that bit because what I've just said is backed up in the, in, the, in the original translation. In other words, it's seasonal support. It's good time for every need. Appropriate help, well-timed help coming just when you need it. There's a grace just when you need it. It's appropriate grace just as you need it. Wow, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's God just knows your life and my life, and he knows just what I need. Just got to call, just got to approach. The key is I've got to approach, open up the heart as we've been encouraged today. Wow, that's what he's saying there. Um, Oh, my word, I came across an incredible story. Um, It's of a, a Christian martyr by the name of Jan Hus. John Huss. Uh, Jan Huss, John Huss was martyred on the 6th of July, 1415, by fellow Christians. All because he stood up, he comes from a, a part of Czechoslovakia, and at that time in the Catholic Church, he stood up. He was a priest and theologian himself. And at that time, he stood up and he said, I believe what the Bible says. All the authority isn't, uh, it's in the Bible. That's what he was basically saying at the time. And he was saying, if the, if the bishops tell you anything to do anything that's not in the Bible, we shouldn't do it. You can make, he became a very dangerous person for the, the system at the time. And uh, he was basically propounding the authority of the Bible before Martin Luther, the great reformer. Martin Luther was encouraged by this man, Jan Hus. But Jan Hus, all he was saying was what I've just said, basically. And uh, we can learn a lot from church history, can't we? And... Um, he wouldn't recant, and so they, uh, basically he was uh, burned at the stake, burned alive. His uh, torturer said that we will cook you alive, and that's exactly what they did. And the night before, and I, so I looked into the account of his life, and, and this is the a bit of a, an account of his life. So the night before his execution, he was in his cell, and he knew what was coming, so he decided to test himself with a candle because he knew he was going to be burnt alive the next day. And uh, he uh, recoiled at the pain. You know, uh, my, my, my wife likes burning scented candles, and sometimes, I, you know, reach out, I've accidentally... You really, he put his hand over the... And he recoiled at the pain. And he said this, If I can't withstand the fire of a candle, how the stake? And he spent the evening, that night, in prayer. The next day, he was heard as he was the flames licked around him and he was burnt alive he was heard singing and reciting the psalms as the flames engulfed him 
he died a martyr's death on fire for Jesus as they set him on fire. But that night he received a grace to come through the flames. The flames weren't taken from him. But he couldn't even take the flame of a candle. But the next day, he's singing the Psalms. Wow. What an amazing Christian. What amazing man of God. Before the Protestant Reformation, we're here today as protesters because we want the Bible only. Jan Hus, what an amazing man. He had grace to come through the flames. His life, they took his life. You know, uh, there was moments in our lives where the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, will reach out as we open up our hearts. We're going to close at this moment. Should we come to a close? Perhaps the worship team could come again. We're going to close as we sing together. And um, what do you need today? I want to ask you this morning, what what is your need? Where are you at? What's your time? Um, You know, we, we can find help and hope and receive if we... So that's this morning. Verse 16, let's approach... God's throne of mercy, grace, unmerited favor with a, with a confidence that trusts and get your hopes up. That's what I'm saying. Get your hopes up in Jesus. And uh, that's that we can find grace, the flow of hope, the flow of unmerited mercy to help us that will hear our cry and come unto our assistance at your seasonable moment of need. What is your moment right now? Let's call upon him at this very moment. That's, that's how we find the rhythm of grace as we call upon God with an open heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, this morning we come to you. Jesus, we run to you. And uh, we run to you, Lord, at this. We draw near to you. We approach close to you. We, we open our arms to you. We throw ourselves at you. No, I, do, I don't just draw near. I want to throw myself upon you, Jesus, so that we may find mercy, grace, peace, and hope at this, and help at our seasonable, our moment of need. And I pray for anyone this morning, where they're at in life, and family, and marriage, and home, and work, and health, and finance, and life, and our church, and our town, and our nation, our moment of need, our very moment, Lord. You have an, you're infinite and inexhaustible. And when we place our hopes and get our hopes up in you, you never disappoint. You never disappoint. You'll never leave nor forsake. You follow through. You follow through. You're the great high priest. You've given us your life. You're raised to the living again. You release hope and life. And would you release hope and life and give us a refreshed revelation of mercy, of grace, of unmerited favor. I pray in marriage and home. I pray your grace husbands and your grace wives and your grace children and your grace people in their health, your grace people for their finance, your grace us in our church, your grace us as a town at this moment, Father. Irresistible, unmerited, amazing grace. Let a flow, let there be a flood and a freedom. And for people that find that hard, and they find it hard to even hope, it's not on how hard they try. It's all based on what you've done. 
flood them with hope. Miraculous hope. Miraculous answers. In your beautiful name, Jesus, we pray. For your glory. For your glory. Be glorified in us. And through us, in Jesus' name. Amen.